Good morning and welcome. We're glad you're here today. Very thankful for your presence. It's always good to be together. We're going to be looking at James chapter 4, 13 through 17, the passage read just a moment ago. Very grateful for the opportunity that we have to worship God today in spirit and in truth. And if you're visiting, we certainly want you to know how much we appreciate you coming our way. Very grateful for your presence today. We would encourage you to come back if you have that opportunity. If you're looking for a church home, as we say from week to week, and we sincerely mean it, mean it. we would love to have you as a part of the work of the church here. Let's look today at James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. I want us to talk today for a minute or two about making sure that God, when we plan for the future, that God is a part of those plans. And we're going to be looking at this text in a moment, in a moment or two and talking about that very theme. I think about the time in which we're living. A lot of things are changing in the world. Things have changed so rapidly that many of our forefathers would not recognize the world that we now call home. There have been so many advancements, medically, scientifically, technologically, in the realm of communication. I mean, you think about all of the changes that we have seen just in our lifetime. And I have no doubt that if the Lord delays His coming, we will see many, many more changes. We go about our daily business, and typically we will make plans for the future. We plan our week. We plan our month. We plan our year. What I want to do today is to encourage us to make sure that when we make plans, God, God is within those plans. I want to begin today, before we look at our text, I want you to pray with me for just a moment. Our Father, we're so grateful for the opportunity to be here to worship you in spirit and in truth. And Father, we're grateful that you are our Creator and Redeemer. And we are so grateful for the opportunities that we have in this life. And Father, as we make our plans from day to day, we pray that you will be included in every plan, in every decision, in every movement. We thank You for Your Word, and Father, we pray that as we study today, that we will learn from the great truths that are contained in the book of James. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we begin our study today, I want you to think with me again for just a moment or two about this lesson. I think it's imperative that we understand something about life that we understand something about making plans in life and making sure that every plan has God in those plans. I want to begin by, first of all, calling attention 
to the fact that on the basis of what we read in James chapter 4, that there was what I would call presumptive planning. Listen, if you would, to what James says in verse 13. Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city. Spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. I think about the efforts of individuals when it comes to making plans. Sometimes individuals who presumptively plan in life. And if you look at what James is saying in verse 13 here, he's talking about an individual that has mapped out the future. First, he talks about time, doesn't he? He talks about going to such and such a a city and spending a year there. How many times have we sat down with the calendar? Maybe we use our iPhone, iPad, whatever. And we begin making our plans and making notations for those plans, don't we? I'll be here this month. And I'll be in Alabama next month. I'll be in Missouri the following month. I'll be here, I'll be there. I'll be in this city. James here is talking about time and our travels. Many of us are constantly making plans. I've got, I've got written down my plans for the future. Plans that hopefully and prayerfully I'll be able to fulfill. And James here talks about time, and time is an important commodity. Not only does he talk about his time, but also his travels. And then his task. He said, when I get to such and such a city, he said, I'll spend a year there. And he said, I'll buy and sell. His task, his transactions. He said, I'll make a profit. How many of us in our daily planning, if we're in the business world, and we travel, we understand that we have a certain amount of time, We've got to block that time out. We're going to be going here. We're going there. We're going to be making some transactions here, involved in tasks there. Maybe we're traders. Maybe we, maybe we trade stocks, bonds, whatever. That's the focus of this man. He's a business person. He's busy. Many of us are busy, and nothing wrong with making plans. Bottom line, though, we want to make sure that when we make plans, that God is a part of those plans, that God is involved in every plan, every decision, every task. Now, I want you to think with me for a moment by way of illustration. Let me give you an example of someone that I think would fit the profile of what James is talking about. This profile is found in Luke chapter 12. Here we have Jesus telling a parable about a rich farmer, and he said, this guy, business as we know it, he said, look, business is great. He said, business is so good, my barns are bulging. I don't have any place to store my crops, my goods. And so he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull down my barns and build greater. There I will bestow all of my crops. The focal point of this man's life, it's all about business. I mean, like what we just read a moment ago, James chapter 4, verse 13. I've got this planned, I've got that planned, I'm going to be doing this, I'll be here, I'll be there. 
We're business people. We're involved in the affairs of life. And so that was the focus of this man. But note, if you would, what Jesus said. Once his barns were filled, he said, let me tell you what I'm going to do. Eat, drink, and be merry. In other words, I'm going to enjoy the fruit of my labor. I've worked hard. I've labored. I've been a good business person. I've, I've made a lot of money. I've got time now to enjoy the future. But Jesus said, let me tell you what, you've got a problem. He said, you're foolish. And the reason is because tonight your soul will be required of you. And all these things that you provided, whose will they be now? You remember what Jesus said, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Look, nothing wrong with making plans. Nothing wrong with being a prudent business person. I'm grateful for the opportunities that we're afforded in life to make a good living, to do this, to travel here, to, to be involved in different activities in life. But the bottom line is we've got to remember the plans that we make, God has got to be involved in those plans. We don't want to plan presumptively. Now, I want you to think with me for just a moment or two. I think about his presumptive planning. But then, according to James, he encountered a profound problem. Listen now, if you would, in verse 14. Here's a guy that's already said today, tomorrow we'll go to such and such a city, we'll spend a year there, we'll buy, sell, make a profit. But then in verse 14 he said, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. Now think about that for a minute. I said a moment ago that this guy encountered a profound problem. And from the vantage point of what James is saying, I think he's talking about the challenges of life. Two very specific challenges that we all face. Number one, at best, life is uncertain, isn't it? I mean, you think about the uncertainties of life. That's what James is talking about here. This guy's made plans for tomorrow. He's going to go to a city. He's blocked off a, a, a period of time. In that city, he's going to be buying and selling, maybe trading. He's going to make a profit. He's got all these great and elaborate plans. But James said, look, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Didn't Solomon say in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1, who knows what a day may bring forth? Life at best is uncertain, isn't it? Not only is life uncertain, it is uncontrollable. Now think about all the blessings and favors that we enjoy in this life. When I mean, you think about how blessed we are medically, medicine, Medical science has increased longevity on earth. We are so blessed. And yet you think about all the blessings and favors that we enjoy in this life, all of the ways that, that God has showered upon us, blessing after blessing after blessing. And all of the things that we have the ability to do, the realm of communication, the realm of travel. I mean, you think about all of the things that we have control over, but we can't control the future, can we? You know, there are some people that often will boast 
of some of the great things that they've done and some of their abilities. And I have no doubt that there are people that have been blessed immensely by way of ability. But when it comes to life, there are no certainties. Life is uncertain. Not only is life uncertain, it is uncontrollable. I mean, what person do you know that has the ability to forecast the future and to say definitively, this is exactly how it's going to go. Don't have that ability, do we? We lack that ability. So as Solomon said, who knows what tomorrow will bring? James said, you make all these great plans. But the bottom line is, you do not know what will happen tomorrow, do you? I mean, we may think, we may plan, we may aspire to do certain things. But when, it's all set, when it's all said and done, how many of us have the ability to carve in stone, this is what is going to go down in the future? You know, you think about, think about radio, television, newspapers. Sometimes they report the news as it's ongoing. Many times they report what happened in the past. Now sometimes they may project and say, okay, this is what we're forecasting, but the bottom line is they really don't know, do they? It may be an educated guess, but the bottom line, none of us, no one has the ability to control the future. That's what James is saying here. Now, note if you would what he says. You do not know what will happen tomorrow. Challenges of life. Life is uncertain. Life is uncontrollable. But there are some things to consider with regard to life. Note what he says. He asks this question. What is your life? When it's all said and done, what is your life? Here it is. It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. The word vapor here literally means a mist. Here today, here one minute, gone the next. Passes quickly. And what James is saying is, when it comes to life, that's how it is. There are a couple of thoughts with regard to life I'd like to share with you. Not anything new. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. You know this. But number one, life is transitory, isn't it? Life is transitory. Didn't the Hebrew writer say in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13, those ancient patriarchs of the past, they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. In other words, they're just kind of passing through the world. That's, that's a good definition of man. We're just passing through. I'm not going to be here forever. I want you to go back with me as I think about how life is transitory. Go back with me for a minute and look at Ecclesiastes chapter 12 for a moment. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, Solomon, as you well know, was king over the United Kingdom. He succeeded his father David. And Solomon has dabbled in a little bit of this and dabbled in that. He's tried this, he's tried that. So in chapter 12, he begins kind of wrapping up his survey of life, bringing his studies to a conclusion. 
And so in chapter 12, verse 1, here's what he said. Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come, the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. What Solomon is saying is the time to begin serving God is when you're young. Why is that? Because as we grow older in life, we become more settled in our ways, don't we? Old habits die hard. Tough to get somebody out of a way of thinking that has been so ingrained in them. And so Solomon is saying, here's what I want you to do. I want you to remember your Creator while you're a young person. And I think that's great advice to all of our young folks. What Solomon is going to do, he's going to begin chronicling the aging process. Any of you subject to aging? Have you changed any over the years? The other day I had a couple of kids in my office. And one of the kids asked me how long I'd been married. And so I gave a hand signal. And she looked at me and, and I said, well, I got married when I was 10. <laughs> and she said, you did not. And I said, so do I, do I look old? She, she said, no, you look young, but old. <laughs> Sometimes the truth hurts, doesn't it? Young people have a way of putting you in your place, don't they? They just tell it like they see it. And so, I guess if you really think you're something, talk to a young, young person. And I look over at our young people and I think about, man, you look so good. You're young, you got a good mind, you're dressed well, you look good, no wrinkles. No aging, no gray hair, no loss of hair. I mean, you've you got it going on. But listen, if you would, to what Solomon said. He said, remember your Creator before the difficult days come, the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun, the light, the moon, and the stars are not darkened, the clouds do not return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble, as we grow older in life, we're not quite as steady as we once were. Sometimes we begin to tremble and shake. He said the strong men bow down. There are those in life, as they grow older, they begin to stoop. When the grinders cease because they are few, we lose our teeth. And those that look through the windows grow dim. We don't see as well as we once did. When the doors are shut in the streets and the sound of grinding is low, our hearing is not what it once was. And all the daughters of music are brought low. He said also when they are afraid of height. As we grow older in life, I hope we become wiser. There are things that I did in the past, I look back and I think, why in the world did I ever do that? Why was I willing to try this or that, because in all honesty, it's crazy. We're not as daring as we once were. He said, and the almond tree blossoms, the hair begins to gray. The grasshopper is a burden. 
We don't have the strength that we once did. And then it said, and desire fails. You know, sometimes you'll talk to people as they grow older in life, and they'll tell you just right up front, I'm tired. I want to go home. Why? Because we're not built to live here forever. This body was not made to live forever on earth. And I talk about how life is transitory. You remember what the psalmist said in Psalm, in Psalm 89, verse 47? He said, remember how short my time is. You ever think about that? Boy, I do. I think about how quickly life passes. You may not believe it, but I once sat where you did. I remember being in school. Remember chasing dreams and doing a lot of things. But I understand something about the brevity of life. When we were in Jamaica last month, had the opportunity, had the opportunity to celebrate my birthday. And I began to think that day about the brevity of life. And, and really, whether we like it or not, we're all confronted with the brevity of life. And I don't mean that pessimistically. It's just a fact, isn't it? I mean, as the psalmist said, remember how short my time is. Man, it goes so quick, so quickly. It'll get away from you. And so, there's something to be said about making the most of every single day. I mentioned a moment ago that when I was in Jamaica, celebrating my birthday, and so I thought, you know what, I'd like some ice cream. So after the meeting that night, we stopped at a little bitty grocery store, went to the back, picked up a half gallon of ice cream, went to the counter, and uh, she said, that'll be $1,200, which is like $12 in, in our currency. But you know, I really don't need that ice cream that bad. $12 for a half gallon of ice cream. But the point is, life will get by us. So not only is life transitory, but it is terminal. It will end the same for all of us unless the Lord Jesus comes, right? I mean, that's what, listen to what Solomon said. Drop down and look at verse Look at verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. All right, Solomon, what then are you teaching us based on your study of life? Fear God, keep His commandments. For this is man's all. This is what life's all about. You fear God, you keep His commands, you live for Him day in, day out. And why is that? Because God's going to bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether it is good or whether it is evil. So you think about life is transitory. Yes. We understand how quickly life gets by us. Do you remember in Psalm 90, verse 12, here's what the psalmist said with regard to life and time. He said, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. In other words, use your time wisely. Do you have children at home? Enjoy them. Spend time with them. 
Enjoy being with them day in, day out. Tell them you love them. Tell them how much you appreciate them. Tell them how you've tell, tell them how much they blessed your life. If you're a child in the home, I would encourage you to tell your folks how much you appreciate them. Tell them how much you love them. Tell them that you're grateful for the sacrifices that they have made and that they continue to make so that you can enjoy blessings in this life. If you're married, tell your mate you love her. Tell your mate you love him. Honor your mate. Live responsibly based on what Solomon said. Why? Because life's short. You know, there are things that probably all of us would do over again if we had that opportunity, but we understand yesterday is in the past, isn't it? And sadly, sometimes life gets by us and we fail to tell people that we love and appreciate. We, tell to, we fail to tell them how much we love them and appreciate them. What a great friend they've been to us. Don't wait too late. Use your time prudently. All right, look at the third point very quickly. First, James talks about somebody who is presumptive in their planning. This individual faces a profound problem. But then thirdly, there is a very powerful principle that's shared. Listen to what James says. He said, what's your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time, then vanishes away. And so here's what I want you to do in light of the brevity of life, in light of the fact that you're here today, gone tomorrow. Here's what I want you to do. Be wise with your time. How wise are you with the time that God has afforded you? Are you using your time wisely? As, as the psalmist said many years ago, remember what he said? Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. The Apostle Paul talks about Buying up time because he said the days are evil. He said, redeem the time. Use your time wisely. Stay focused on the Lord. Now note what he says in verse 15. He said, rather than making all of these rash plans and saying, you know what, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, here's what you need to say. Temper everything with these words. If the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. Use your time wisely. Be faithful to God in everything you do. <clears throat> Be focused on God and understand that ultimately God's will ought to prevail in all things. There's a second thing. Number one, be wise with your time. Number two, be wise in your tour. You remember the Hebrew writer, as I mentioned a moment ago, said that we are strangers and pilgrims here on this earth? In, in reality, we're just taking a tour. Sometimes we talk about individuals who like to sing, whether it be a group or whether it be an individual, and sometimes they'll go on tour. And they'll go from city to city to city, and they, they play their music, and people, fans flock, by the thousands to hear them sing or play instruments. And they're touring. But at some point in time, they quit touring. 
By the same token, as a child of God, as a person living in this world, we're on tour. Whether we like it or not, at some point in time, the roller coaster that we're riding is going to stop, isn't it? I mean, you can get on a bus and you can ride from here all the way across the country, but at some point in time, you've got to get off, don't you? When it comes to life, we enjoy the ride, but at some point in time, our tour on earth is going to come to an end. So how then are we to be wise with our time? Well, James said, look, rather than arrogantly boasting about the future and saying, you know what, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and leaving God out of your plans, we're going to say, if the Lord wills, we'll do this, we'll do that. In verse 16, he said, those who boast in their arrogance, he said, but now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good, does it not? To him it is sin. All James is saying is, look, live in the will of God. Not only live in the will of God, but live in the ways of God. Make sure that your life, make sure that your life is rooted and grounded in God. If your life is rooted and grounded in God, then guess what? You're going to be a prosperous person, aren't you? Whether Life continues on another 20, 30, 40, 50 years, whatever it may be, or whether it comes to a crashing halt today, tomorrow, next week, next month, whatever. If you're living in the will of God and in the ways of God, you'll be blessed. So as we make our plans, let's make sure that God is in those plans. You know, sadly, there are a lot of folks in the world today they make a lot of foolish plans. They say a lot of foolish things. They do a lot of foolish things. And there are a lot of folks in this world, they live with no thought of God. I don't believe that you're one of those people. I believe that you want to live your life in the will of God and according to the ways of God. I think the message that we send to the world and that we ought to send to the world is that there are more important things than the here and now. What's really important is our relationship to God. So in closing, I want to ask you, when we talk about weaving, think, think for a minute about material, this jacket. It took a tailor designing this jacket, and then they have to weave the material together, don't they? What we want to do is weave God into the very heart and fabric of our lives. So that for us, it's all about God. Do you remember what Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness? You remember what Paul said, Christ who is our life, making sure that God, that God is at the core of our life so that whether we're planning for today, tomorrow, whatever, God's in those plans. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you to come to Christ believing that Jesus is the Son of God. You know, the Bible says Christ died for the ungodly, Romans 5, verse 6. What would you need to do? Believe Jesus to be the Son of God. 
and then repent of your sins, confessing with your mouth what you believe in your heart, that He is the Son of God. Be buried with Him in baptism, as Paul talks about in Colossians 2, verse 12. Rise to walk in newness of life. Enjoy the remission of sins, Acts 2, 38. And then be faithful. And when this life comes to a crashing halt and you step off the roller coaster, so to speak, you step out of this world into the presence of God where you will forever be. If you're here today, maybe your life's not what it ought to be, you need to come home to God. Won't you do that as we stand and sing?